Hi, welcome to Adulthood Pending Podcast. I'm Annalise. I'm Brittany. And I'm Kimmy. We're a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who's also figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us each episode as we share how we're navigating our careers, postcard lives, and the whole adulting experience. Today, we're joined by a special guest, Brenda Gupta. Brenda Gupta is a credit expert and entrepreneur who has worked at Visa for five years. She received her MBA from Berkeley and has IDEO business design experience. Brenda is also the founder of Sequin, a fintech startup that strives to get women the credit they deserve. In partnership with IDEO and Visa, and backed by strong women such as Carrie Schwab, Pomerantz, Brenda and Sequin are on a mission to address gender inequality in credit, through the credit app Sequin. With that, welcome, Brenda. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited to talk with you about credit today. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for having me. And with that, we're starting our episode with a fun question. So we'd be curious to learn, when did you get your first credit card and what was that process like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. So, you know, actually, this story is ultimately what led me to found Sequin. I had worked at Visa for a little over five years, building popular credit cards. Um, and Visa was my first job out of undergrad. And so, you know, I was kind of navigating credit, navigating payments, navigating adulthood very much. And I said, you know, I'm building a lot of these popular cards. I should probably get a card of my own. And so at that, at that time, my team and I were building a really popular credit card called the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And I applied for that card and I got rejected when I was at work. And, you know, prior to that, I had been an authorized user on my dad's card. And, you know, we had a, I had a Chase card with my dad, but he was the main user and I was the authorized user. And what I didn't know at that point was that being an authorized user, I was building credit for my dad, but not really for me. And it's something that I had never mm-hmm. been taught as, you know, a young woman, as an immigrant, as, um, you know, just kind of a first time, time, you know, user of credit. So I was rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, someone on my team, uh, someone much older told me, okay, you know, the issue is probably you haven't been cre- built, been building credit in your own name. Um, so mm-hmm. you might have to call Chase and ask them to transfer some of the credit line from your other car onto this one and that'll allow you to be approved. But had I not had, you know, that person tell me, I don't know if I would have gotten a card in my own name. And and ultimately that's what I'm hoping is no other woman gets rejected and there's not as much trial and error in this process. Definitely. Yeah, that's such a great story to hear that you were working on this card for so long and then you yourself didn't even realize that you wouldn't be approved for it. That's definitely like... I I can't even imagine what it was like being in that scenario. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's also telling of how our credit system in the States works, like who can apply for credit card and who gets approved. Um, Definitely. I got my first credit card. I think it was, I forget what year it was, but it was the summer that I interned in New York. And it was the first time that I was living on my own, like outside of college. And so at that point, like my sister was already telling me like, oh, it's really important to get your own credit card to build your credit score. So Mm -hmm. I thought that this was like the perfect opportunity to start building that credit score because I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to buy my own groceries. I'm going to be doing all these things on my own and like going to restaurants with friends. I might as well start now um, Mm -hmm. and like during this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I also got mine um, my sophomore year and I got it, I think, partially because Annalise mentioned it and then my brother also mentioned it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I had just heard that it's a lot easier to get a credit card while you're in college, like, especially the Discover one. They have some, I don't know, like, I guess, like, a student incentive. Yeah. Um, But the unfortunate thing was is that I got it, and then I ended up going abroad to Japan, and, like, Discover mm-hmm. isn't really accepted there, so I couldn't use it as much as I would have liked to. Um, But I'm glad that I was able to start on that journey a little early, I guess. Yeah, for me, um, I got mine the um, like October ish of 2019. So like right after I graduated college, kind of late. Um, 
And I actually got mine because I uh, was in a long distance relationship or yeah, I was in a long distance relationship and I was traveling and buying plane tickets like once a month, probably averaged yeah. out. And then my friends were like, oh, like, why don't you get a credit card like where you can get rewards for that? And I'm like, what? That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's the card I've been using now. And it's been pretty helpful for um, getting my rewards and kind of meeting the needs I have financially. Yeah, it's yeah. always so interesting to hear, um, you know, how you first hear about the need for a credit card, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's multiple reasons. Um, the, the most challenging one is, you know, you are young and you don't have access to the capital that you need. And so, you know, that that is some people's reason. For others, what I'm hearing here, which is great, is, you know, really actively trying to build your credit history. And then also, you know, you want, you want those rewards as well. And, you know, when you're mm-hmm. using a debit card, you're really not earning those valuable mm-hmm. rewards as well. And so, you know, especially when it's, it's reasons two and three to build your credit and not to leave money on the table, you know, credit, something that is so important and and building it early and responsibly is so important as well. So it's always interesting for me to hear, you know, how do you hear about credit and, you know, why, why did you decide first, you know, to, to get credit in your own name? So thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So to start the conversation off, we're Starting 2021, uh, do do any of you have any financial goals that you want to set for yourself for this year? Kimmy, I feel like you have a goal. Yeah, I do. I know (laughs) you all actually have goals. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One of my goals has definitely been inspired by participating in Sequence Beta program. Um, So it's been so cool to see like the different people who have increased their credit line or their credit scores and to see all of the names that are part of the 800 plus club. Like I kind of like exclusivity and I didn't know that that was one of those things. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so goodness. I hope that I could get there. Um, and like Brenda's been very helpful with providing us with a lot of like resources and tips and teaching us definitely how the credit, I guess, scoring works. And then beyond that, I'm like, trying to start saving for retirement and doing investing. So doing like all these things to reach FIRE, which is a new acronym I learned in 2020, which is, yeah, FIRE, which is financial, wait, isn't it FIRE? (laughs) Financial Independent Retirement. um, Retire early. Yes, retire early. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, it's like financial freedom. Got it. Those are my goals. My goal, I think, is is not as like long term. Well, one of my goals is to get a new credit card. Um, mm-hmm. Just I feel like um, to just like have a different credit card for like different rewards and to just utilize that. And also it helps like build your overall uh, total credit line. And so I just want like another one. I don't it's not urgent. So I've been like kind of putting it off. And I've also like had some trouble trying to find one that I would want to use and whose rewards that I could find useful for me so I'm putting that off um but another one I guess just like to be more cautious or like not hush but like be more aware of my spendings and Mm -hmm. to just budget better it's hard now because we're in a like in quarantine so there's not a lot of things that I am buying but um I am hoping that if things do get better soon, I will be going back. I will leave my parents' house, maybe, hopefully, depending on <laughs> how many cases there are. So trying to find a good way to budget all of my spendings. Annalise, have you taken our um, credit card matchmaking quiz sequence? No, credit? I haven't, but I, I will. Okay, take that <laughs> one and, and we can try to, you know, find a good card for you. That sounds great. Yeah, for me, I think very similar to Annalise, um, my big goal for this year is to just be more conscious of like what I'm spending and what brands I'm choosing to support. And um, yeah, just overall, I think it's easy Mm -hmm. for me, especially with a credit card to just swipe it and (laughs) not really think about it. Um, But yeah, just to have better um, understanding of like how much I'm spending for like groceries versus clothes versus um extra extra stuff I don't really need and yeah also to get a credit card because my (laughs) another credit card at least because mine is kind of an entry-level one and I'd like to see what more benefits I can get and also increase my credit line which I've learned from Brinda is very good for your credit so yeah 
This is awesome. I, I love hearing, hearing all of your goals. Um, and, uh, and I think financial goals are so interesting, right? Because they vary so much mm-hmm. with where you're at in your life. And so mm-hmm. I remember, you know, when I first graduated um, from undergrad, my financial goal was very much, okay, I want to be building credit. I also want to understand, you know, I'm, I'm earning an income for the first time. So mm-hmm. I don't want it to be sitting in my checking account. You know, what else can I do to help my wealth grow, right? That's, that's you know, one of the pieces. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards, after I worked for a few years, um, you know, thinking about investing, et cetera, getting multiple credit cards, making sure I was um, optimizing, but also making sure I was using those responsibly, right? Budgeting, mm-hmm. et cetera, using the, the credit cards as debit cards. Um, and then, you know, I went, I went to grad school, I went to get my MBA at Berkeley. And so mm-hmm. that was a whole other financial challenge, right? You know, how, mm-hmm. how do I go about paying for grad school and, mm-hmm. um, you know, missing income for a few years, right? What does that mean mm-hmm. in terms of budgeting? Mm-hmm. It's very different, you know, um, earning consistently versus being in school. So that was an interesting shift. And now that, you know, I'm, I'm graduated and I'm an entrepreneur, it's also, it's, it's a different, you know, financial situation as well. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, being really cognizant about, what every single life phase comes with financially and how I need to adjust is something personally that, that, you know, is kind of a a goal for me Um, and being a little bit better about budgeting, right? You know, when you are, are earning consistently and you're in that position of privilege, you don't have to think about it as much, but um, you know, it, it, with this life phase, it's, you know, after grad school, starting a company is slightly different. Um, but my general goal with money is actually to just be talking about money more is my, you know, actual 2021 financial goal is as women, we see that we're just not talking about money as much. We're not talking about credit. We're not talking about best practices. Um, Mm -hmm. and so just facilitating more of those conversations as well. And it's been really powerful. I realized I I don't know a lot about, you know, my, my best friend's financial situations and I know, you know, everything Mm -hmm. else about their lives. So just trying to facilitate more and, um, make that conversation more normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. I feel like entering adulthood those are definitely conversations I've been having with people like I've had a few friends get a credit card recently and after doing the pilot with Sequin I was like here's the different breakdowns like here's things that you need to know um so yeah definitely is like such an empowering experience to have that knowledge that's like life knowledge that you aren't taught in school that's so I love hearing that Kimmy and and would you mind also sharing kind of I know you've mentioned our our sequin beta and our pilot a few times but um would you mind sharing you know kind of what that is and what your experience has been like for all all of the listeners yeah so um the beta um so I guess sequin is just starting off so they have like a beta pilot program right now just to get an idea of the user experience um, and like help them build out the app. Um, so the beta has been like a series of different events, learning about credit. Um, and it seems like something that's very simple, but <laughs> there's so many different aspects that go into credit. So that's just been very helpful, like to not only learn what credit card is right for me, but also to learn like more of the institutional side to see the report that people pull Um when like they are investigating your credit was also very helpful to learn with. And then beyond that, just like being in these webinars and discussions with other women who are also like very inspired to be financially independent and financially motivated has been just a very like amazing part of, I guess, my 20s. Yeah. And to add on to that, so the three of us were really fortunate enough to be a part of Rinda's pilot program. Um, And The whole point of that, um, from what I've learned, it was not so much like um, just focusing on sequin itself, but more like about credit as a whole and how we can continue Mm -hmm. to improve our credit as well as like learn about it and share that knowledge to to people in our lives. So for me, because I had my credit card early on in college, I like had had a kind of had an understanding of like, okay, well, like to in order to get a good credit, you have to pay off your statements and do like X, Y, and Z. But there are so many other small details that you often miss that I don't think are mm-hmm. as, as shared as 
widely as some of the other things like, okay, pay your, pay your bills on time or like, um, have a credit card for first of all. (laughs) So (laughs) small things like, um, keeping your utilization low are, and like keeping a consistent or like making it a habit to pay off, not just on your statement on your due date, but like periodically throughout so that you don't reach a certain percentage of your credit utilization or like, and building that habit is something that I found really helpful with Sequin. And like Kimmy mentioned, it was a program with a lot of other women who wanted to learn more about credit and learn more about finances that I think because we all had that common um, core, it really helped drive like conversations. And a lot of, we had like different, um, workshops or power hours every week and those I found were really helpful because they're always centered around a different topic and it just shows like how much information there is surrounding credit that we don't know about or at least that I didn't know about (laughs) even though like I thought I knew a lot of things I realized I don't know as much as I thought I did (laughs) yeah for me I was probably like the last person that would have wanted to be a part of the beta just (laughs) because I just know nothing about credit and anything financially related like just scares me so much and I'm just like the type to be like okay it's overwhelming I'm not going to do anything Mm -hmm. about it and um what I really liked about the uh, power hours was it was like it wasn't just Rinda lecturing us or just telling us information of course there was logistical and applicable skills that we learned from those things but a lot of it was also discussion with other women that were within the beta and kind of just getting to the root of like okay what is the problem here what are we lacking and how can we um like fix that so that we are empowered to like make financial decisions on our own and um Mm -hmm. yeah so that was kind of the most um like why I think Sequin helped me more than like Googling stuff on my own because it wasn't just like information thrown at me. Mm -hmm. It was like discussion and kind of um, a community where I could understand the logistics of like why, you know, financial topics really scared me. Yeah. So on the note of Sequin, Rinda, actually, um, (laughs) from your words, what is Sequin and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, I mean... You know, it's it's so wonderful hearing all, all three of your experiences because, you know, when when I founded Sequin, really all I wanted to do was just help open up the space around credit for women. And, you know, what what I was noticing at Visa through Visa Data was 70% of women with a credit card are not putting their spend on it. And what that made me realize was if you're not putting your spend on credit, it means three, you know, really critical things. One is you're not as protected against fraud. So if you're using your debit, the protections are very different from, from credit. The second is that you're not building credit history, right? So if you don't have credit history under your own name, it means you might not be able to access credit for your life goals, but also credit might be more expensive for you as well. And so, you know, access to credit is access to opportunity. And if women didn't have as much access to credit, it meant we didn't have the same opportunity. And then lastly, it was, um, you know, you're leaving valuable rewards on the table, right? If you're using your debit card, you're not earning rewards and, and that's money left on the table. And I just wanted women to have access to every dollar that, that we could, you know, whether that's, that's through a credit history or whether that's, you know, anywhere else, you know, so, um, Sequin really is a way for women to actually build credit and understand how to do that proactively without the trial and error. Um, and so, you know, what we're doing with this app that we're piloting with you all and, and now have almost 100 women on in our private beta is, um, you know, the ability to input your existing credit cards and we'll proactively teach you how to build credit in your kind of specific scenario. And I know I've shared shared with you all the amazing results of that, right? But in the first week, we've seen credit scores go up 20 points. And so, you know, Annalise, to your point, there there is so much about credit that is actually quite simple, but no one's really teaching you. So we -hmm. want women to be building credit. We want you to be able to manage your credit, right? Women have more credit cards than men, 4.5 compared to men's 3.7. And, and, you know, you're all thinking about getting more cards, right? So (laughs) how do we actually make sure that, that it's great to have multiple cards, but we want to make sure that you can manage that as well. Mm -hmm. So sequin kind of being able to be that one-stop shop for you to think about, you know, credit, credit history, paying off your credit cards, optimizing your rewards, 
And then ultimately thinking through, you know, can we guide you towards better credit products using your data um, and, you know, just actually rewarding your spend um, and creating, you know, our own sequin branded products as well down the line. So, um, you know, end to, an end to end one stop shop experience um, for women to, you know, better build, optimize and manage credit mm-hmm. is sequin. What is the beta experience look like now since me and Annalise and Kimmy already kind of went through the first round and how can people get more involved with Sequin right now? Yeah, yeah. So if you go to sequincard.com and you hit get started, then there is a way to um, include you in our private beta. We're trying to keep it small right now, um, but are keeping it friends and family. Um, Mm. And so if you are interested in boosting your credit score and getting access to knowledge, um, you know, from industry experts around credit, around finances, and to gain this community of amazing financial feminists who you can talk to, you know, about, about your money goals, but also about, you know, anything else that, that you're looking to achieve, um, head over to sequincard.com and, and you can sign up for our beta there. Great. And then Brenda, you also, you've already discussed, um, your process at Visa and that was like, it seems the motivation to start sequin, but did you have any like initial doubts when you were first thinking about starting it or what truly motivated you to take that leap? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, taking the leap to found a company is, is scary. Right. And it's, you know, something that I think it's, it's entrepreneurship is very glorified in the media and all of these things. And, and it's an amazing thing to be able to build something new into the world. But, um, you know, I just had so much support along the way and, um, I feel really grateful for people, you know, whether it was my friends, my family, whether it was Visa, IDEO, um, amazing colleagues, uh, you know, a lot of the women on, on our cap table as well, just saying, you know, you can do this and you're the person to do it. Um, you know, I think there's just so much support that I had around me, but the other piece of it, um, uh, that I guess I haven't shared yet is so I've always really cared about, you know, women and financial inclusion. And Mm -hmm. that came from my mom. Um, you know, my family and I are first generation immigrants from India. And my mom is this amazing woman who, you know, really rebuilt her life in a new country, you know, started off, um, you know, working at a preschool at a daycare and has, now, you know, done so much for education and STEM nationally. Um, and she's just such an inspiration, but she's always been so afraid of the financial system. And because of that, um, I think she's always had this kind of Achilles heel where she'd be so confident anywhere else, everywhere else, except when it came to finances. Um, and so for me, you know, going into the financial services industry, it was very much, you know, I saw that it was so important to have that knowledge and I wanted to be at the center of it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what led me to visa. And when I personally got rejected, I just thought, you know, this is a generational gap, right? You know, my, my grandmothers mm-hmm. were not financially independent and that meant, you know, certain trade-offs for their lives. And mm-hmm. my mother as well, not, not having that knowledge didn't feel as confident. And so she was never, you know, in charge of the, the financial decisions. And then again, you know, this came to me and I said, I just don't want this to be happening to my daughter and I don't want this to happen, you know, to anyone else and access to financial information and, and finances and credit is access to financial freedom. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my going back to the question, my motivation ultimately ended up being my mom where she said, you know, she said this amazing quote that she got from somewhere else, but she said, if you don't do this, someone with a lot less heart will, and, you know, your motivation for doing this is so pure and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just get out there and try your best and just put your best intentions. And regardless of what happens, you know, it'll just be amazing that you're starting this conversation around something that's really, really important. So, um, yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. this, this combination of, you know, this amazing support system, um, a really strong intention. You do have to bet on yourself every single day. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that, 
um, mm-hmm. you know, is I wake up every morning and I'm like, all right, we're doing this. Um, <laughs> it's something that I really care about as well. And, and the last piece is, you know, I really had the expertise, right? I, I mm-hmm. also had been working at Visa for so many years. So, um, you know, felt confident that this was an area that I, f- I have expertise in and, you know, could move the needle for a lot of people. So yeah, just a combination of different factors. Um, but ultimately it's just something that I really, really cared about. Yeah, I really like how you touched on um, like credit and credit or financial literacy kind of being tied to generational knowledge because, yeah, for me, like one of the reasons why I was so scared about money and just like anything money related, scared, like, I could not think about it or I would um, get really overwhelmed super quickly was because, um, yeah, actually my one of my parents had some credit um, trouble and it was kind of, it took a while to get out of, mm-hmm. but um, I think it was just because they didn't have that knowledge of, mm-hmm. oh, you're supposed to pay off the credit cards on time and like very simple things. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of scarred me and my sister for a little bit. And mm-hmm. that was why I waited so long to get a credit card was because my parents were like, you shouldn't get it. Like, what if you make a mistake mm-hmm. like we did? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's really interesting how like that influenced my financial, like how I approach finances as I was so scared and hesitant for a really long time because um, of what happened so many years ago with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of of our attitudes towards money are inherited. And, you know, it's one mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. there's something else that really struck me was even access and understanding of this space is a matter of privilege, right? If you have someone mm-hmm. who's taught it to you, um, you know, that's, you're so fortunate. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us mm-hmm. have had bad experiences with the financial system and and you just want to teach, everyone's doing their best, right? But there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you mm-hmm. are in a situation where, you know, like yours, Brittany, where maybe like many people, you know, you haven't had the best experience with some of these tools because no one taught you how to use them properly, then, you know, of course you're, mm-hmm. it, it's going to affect, you know, your next generation's attitudes as well. So I think there is, there is a huge element of this, which is just leveling the playing field in terms of information and also making sure that people aren't making avoidable mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So on the note, then I guess of like, mistakes or financial mistakes what I guess is the biggest myth or maybe like the top three or five however many you want to list out that you've heard about credit okay I can I can start um so I mean there are just so many I feel there are actually more myths than truths out there honestly (laughs) um and I know you know we've all played through sequin have done that sequin you know myth busters right because there are just so many Mm -hmm. of those but I would say, you know, there, there are a few, um, that I want to call out, especially as it relates to women using credit. So Mm -hmm. one is I need to only pay the minimum or I need to pay interest in order to build my credit history. That is absolutely false, right? The best way to use a credit card is to treat it like a debit card. So you're paying off in full and on time at the end of every month. And that's going to be building your credit in a great way. Um, and then as we all know, as a part of sequin, paying it off more frequently as well throughout the month is going to be the best way for you to build credit. So that's mm-hmm. one myth. Um, the second myth I've heard is, um, you know, using my, my debit card is actually just a lot safer than using credit. And, um, as we mentioned previously on, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, um, using a debit card is actually not protecting you against fraud. Um, as well as a credit card is. And especially as it relates to online shopping, um, credit card protections are so much higher than debit card protections are. And if you think about fraud on a debit card versus a credit card, the fraud on a debit card could deplete your checking account, right? And that's your actual cash that is is, you know, being Mm -hmm. taken and run away with. Um, But with a credit card, it's your bank that's kind of fronting you the money, right? So if something happens Mm -hmm. and your bank is actually much more incentive aligned, um, plus, you know, legally are are required to protect you 
more. Um, so, you know, using a credit card is actually a lot safer than using a debit card. Mm-hmm. Of course, all of this is caveated with, um, you know, you're using it responsibly, paying it off on time, not not carrying a balance, et cetera. Right. So those are two two of many that I'll add, but I'm sure you all have, um, you know, your own, own myths that have stuck with you. Oh man, putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I for one used to think it was really irresponsible to have more than one credit card. Uh-huh. I don't know why, like where I got that, but just like the idea of having like 10 credit cards in your wallet was like, I mean, I'm sure 10 is a little um, <laughs> <laughs> extra in general, but um, yeah, uh, that it was like kind of an irresponsible thing or just what people do when they couldn't pay off their one credit card but um yeah actually I learned from Sequin with it's actually good to have multiple lines of credit because it increases your credit line so your utilization stays lower which helps your score Mm -hmm. I'm beaming (laughs) this is amazing yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah as you can tell we've just learned so much from Sequin um something that I had shared to our Sequin group is that when I was in college, I thought that I should be applying to all of these different credit cards just so I could, you know, eventually get them and then build my credit line over time. Um, but what I learned in Sequin is that every time that you do apply, they're taking a hard pull, right? Which means that that is actually decreasing your credit score because something that is like a factor in credit scoring is the amount of times that you've like received a hard or soft pull, which is something we can go into later. Um, but yes, like just don't apply to every credit card that there is out there. <laughs> Did you really do that? You just um, applied to like as many as you few, could? You know, like when you're checking out at a store and they're like, oh, get 25% off if you are approved. So I want that oh. discount. <laughs> so it wasn't every time, but definitely oh. in one summer, it's like three times at places that I shop at frequently. So. Yeah. It's it's tempting, right? When there are these great yeah. sign up bonuses, but yeah, just to double click into that, right? You mm-hmm. don't want to be seeking too many new lines of credit in a, in a short period of time. And usually, we say, you know, waiting six months um, is safe in between cards, just to make mm-hmm. sure your credit stays high. Because if there are too many of those hard pulls, then it might indicate to another lender that you are in some sort of financial distress and you're trying to see credit, yeah. um, you know, to alleviate that versus just mm-hmm. Kimmy going shopping and trying to get some discounts. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was being sneaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess something that I, I don't know if it's a, it's not so much a myth, but like something that I've taken away uh, is that the whole idea of keeping your credit utilization low, like I knew that you had to keep it like ideally below a certain percentage. Um, I think it was 20 to 10, 30, 30, 30, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30
I went to the lengths of opening wow. a new checking account nice. just so I can deposit cash here and use wow. my credit card exclusively. Amazing, like, Brittany. That is- <laughs> I want to use that credit card. <laughs> that is so awesome. I mean, I think you know, so many of us, especially as we're starting off in our careers are, you know, doing different things, right? We're freelancing, we're, you know, exploring different careers. And sometimes it isn't that more formal, you know, you're getting a paycheck twice, twice a month and your direct mm-hmm. deposit. And so I love that you took the initiative to actually convert that cash into something <laughs> that is going to you know, build your credit, protect you more, earn your rewards. It's, it's so awesome. Kudos. Mm-hmm. So we've all already touched on like they're basically said that there are different components of building credit or that kind of go into your credit score. Brenda, would you mind breaking it down for our listeners so everyone has a better idea? Yeah, yeah, totally. So there are five key components that go into your credit score. And the important ones to know are actually the first three. Um, The last two make up a very small portion of your credit. But basically... Number one is your repayment history. So are you paying back on time um, is, you know, the most important factor. It's about 35%. The next factor uh, is credit utilization, which you've heard us say a few times now. Um, That's about 30%. And basically what credit utilization is, is your balance on your existing credit over your total credit line that you've been extended. And you want to keep that definitely below 30% because if that ratio is above 30, then it starts indicating uh, to lenders that, you know, you might be using too much of your credit. And so um, you want to keep that utilization definitely below 30%, uh, but but the lower, lower the better. And so what we do at Sequin is we try to get you below 10%, have you pay off multiple times a month um, to keep that factor low. Uh, the third one is your length of credit. So you want to be visible in the credit system for as long as possible. And what's really important on that one is a lot of times credit cards will be closed due to account inactivity. And you never want to close your oldest line of credit, um, whether actively or whether inadvertently. So what we like to say at Sequin is for your oldest line of credit, just put a subscription on it and then put it on auto pay, set it and forget it. So your, your line of credit will stay open. Um, you'll have that length. And then of course, having more lines of credit also contributes to your total credit, which helps with your credit utilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth and fifth factors are your types of credit. So, you know, if you have existing credit cards, but also student loans, that looks good theoretically on, uh, you know, on your, your credit report. However, don't go out and just seek more types of credit. Um, you know, the other, the, the first three factors are much more important than that one, but that's why I know sometimes people say, oh, student debt is good debt because mm-hmm. it shows up on your, your credit report and, and oh, builds it. But Again, that's not a reason to go, you know, I, I'm going to take on student debt to build my credit. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be that reason. And the last one is the hard pulls versus, um, you know, soft pulls. So I just want to double click into that one. And every time you go to actually access something, like a lender is making a, a decision to lend you something based off of your credit, that is a hard pull. So examples of a hard pull are you go to apply for a credit card you ask for a credit line increase, you get an auto loan, you apply for an apartment, you get, um, you know, an installment plan with your cell phone. That's all going to be, be a hard pull because there's an actual lending decision made on you. And so you want to limit the number of hard pulls. Um, and you know, to be super safe, we say, you know, uh, spread those out six months, um, in between each one, but it's probably fine after four or so months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then soft pulls are, you know, if you just go to FYI, check your credit just to see what your history is. So if you're going to, you know, with Sequin, you can check your credit score. That doesn't affect your credit because you're not actually making a lending decision. It's just FYI, what is my score? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you go to your bank's portal and it shows you your credit, 
um, then mm. that is a soft pull and that's not going to affect your credit. So those are the five factors, but the, the ones to remember are just pay on time, pay in full and use your credit card like a debit card. And that's, you know, really the best way to, to hack credit and hack your credit score. Uh, question about just like myth or fact. Yes. So, um, if you, so say like the whole idea that we do at sequin is like we pay off multiple times in a month, mm -hmm. but is there any harm in paying off when you have like $1 to pay <laughs> off? Like, is it ever too low? Quote, unquote, to no, pay off something. Yeah, it's not um, ever too low, right? So you want to be using your credit and paying it off and keeping that balance low. Um, if you have a dollar and you're, you probably don't necessarily need to pay that <laughs> off. Um, but it is nice. You know, the, the great thing about making frequent payments more than once a month is that it's a lot easier to pay down your debt too, mm -hmm. right? If you have mm -hmm. this balance of a thousand dollars at the end of the month, that feels a lot less manageable than 200 bucks, you know, a few times throughout the month. Um, so that's mm -hmm. another advantage just to make sure you're not getting into debt. But um, of course, that helps your credit as well. Got it. And then you also mentioned how long you've had a credit for. So can you also just like tell listeners, like for those who um, were fortunate enough to be put onto like their parents' credit card as an authorized user, how does that play into effect with like their own credit score? And if they were to be ever taken off what happens then? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a really good question, Annalise. So being an authorized user is great if you are very young and can't get mm -hmm. your own credit card because that'll help with your length of credit. That is factor three, right? But factor one and two, which makes up over half your credit history is actually how exactly you're making those payments. Mm -hmm. um, are you doing it frequently? Are you doing it in full, et cetera, your utilization, that whole discussion. So you want to make sure that you're getting a credit card under your own name um, mm -hmm. as early as possible. Otherwise, you're building credit for someone else. So it'll help with your length of credit factor. But the other two factors that are actually going to be boosting your credit aren't going to be affected by that. So what I like to say about authorized users is if you're not old enough to have your own credit card, it's it's a great way to start one of start building one of those factors. But the second mm -hmm. you can, you should have a credit card in your own name um, just to make sure you're building credit history for yourself. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for breaking all of that down. I feel like that is definitely like the intro to credit, um, but there is so much more to learn, but we appreciate you doing that. Of course. It's Definitely. it's something every everyone should know, mm -hmm. right? And and we're not mm -hmm. taught officially anywhere. So unfortunately, mm -hmm. so many people don't know. So really happy to share that information. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for like my sister telling me you have to build your credit, I honestly, like to be completely honest, I don't think I would have mm -hmm. gotten a credit card. <laughs> I would have not known like what the point of it was. I would have just been like, okay, well, what's wrong? I'm like still using my debit card. Like, why do I need a credit card? Um, so this has been like really interesting and just it's I feel like a lot of people unless you're being told this information it's just something that you don't know because they don't teach it mm -hmm. in school you know mm -hmm. can I ask you ladies a question yes yeah. mm -hmm. so I know so many of your listeners are you know very early on in, in navigating adulthood mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. one of the things that's interesting about credit is that you don't necessarily think about it until you need mm -hmm. it and at that point it's a little bit too late and I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear from each of you, why, why did you start thinking about credit now? And why is credit so important when you're starting to think about adulthood? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess for me, I mentioned like the point in my life where I was motivated to get a credit card and to think about credit was my sister telling me, oh, you need a credit score because that can really affect how you later on in life, like apply to buy a house or to mm -hmm. buy a car because they'll do a credit check and they need to see, they check that. So in my head, I was like, okay, well, I have to prepare for the future. Um, so I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind, but I don't think I really thought about finances and just like my credit usage and my own personal finances as a whole until I started working. Cause at that mm -hmm. point I'm like, it's like my first job as well. So trying to think about how I should be using or saving my income, however, in whichever way. So for me, it's very much like preparing for long-term um, 
it's like like long-term investment, I guess is what you can say, <laughs> is kind of what drove me to think more about finances. Investing yeah. in your future, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fire. <laughs> <laughs> you just learned. Yep. Yeah, I feel very similar to Annalise. Like my brother telling me to get one definitely motivated me and then just thinking ahead. Um, but I think like today I've even like thought like um, – the partner, my boyfriend that I'm with, I'm like, okay, what's your credit score? You know, making sure that his is also oh up there just because if like I'm with him or whoever I'm with in the future, it's important that both of us do have that higher credit score. Um, but it definitely is something that I guess I'm just like fortunate to have that knowledge and my motivation behind getting one right was just to like prepare for the future where I know that's not the case for everyone. So I definitely like do want to recognize that privilege. Um, so yeah, that's been my journey with that. Yeah, for me, um, I think for a while I thought because I wanted to go to med school and like probably take on student debt, I was like, okay, my financial situation is just going to be horrible <laughs> for like the next whatever amount of years. And so like, I just never thought about like the importance Mm -hmm. of it but then since doing sequin and like learning habits and things that I can implement now I'm kind of like oh maybe I don't have to like wreck my credit (laughs) score at (laughs) mid-20s um and like you know grad school and everything else will kind of I don't know I'll figure it out when that time Mm -hmm. comes but like I don't have to kind of put it off until now and kind of just be like doing everything so blindly (laughs) at this point in time so it's been nice to kind like um know the decisions I'm making and like even like for example right now um my utilization is higher than it normally is just because I just started a new job and so I've been going a few months without income but like that's a smart decision like I have the knowledge of, okay, I'm doing this because I have to. And I know it's not the um, most ideal situation, but I'll fix it or like I'll pay it later and I'll do things later. Um, Whereas before I might have just been like, okay, I'll just let my utilization level go super (laughs) high and not know that that, that's bad for my credit score. Uh So yeah, that's been kind of a life changing thing about like, approaching credit in a more confident way and like having knowledge behind the discussions I'm making right now. Yeah. And I also do want to say like, I do think that like all four of us even come from a a place of privilege. Like we do have the ability to uh, apply for credit cards without worrying about anything and then like paying off all of our statements as well. So I think the whole, what I'm realizing now about credit is like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a game. It's like a system. And if it puts people who aren't really necessarily at an advantage like even Mm -hmm. lower just because it's like it's very calculated and it's it's in a way like Mm -hmm. it's it's a game like Mm -hmm. I said so I feel like if there's any way for us to like at least help others um there's I think it's really great to like just share that knowledge because you know there are people who don't have access to this information and who just don't Mm -hmm. know and so um that's something else that I've learned and that I feel like is important to recognize as well as just like not everyone has the same opportunities or the same privilege as we do. But if there's a way to help them beat the game or beat the system or whatever, then we should we should tell. Mm-hmm. So I think what's, what's really great about having you on, Rinda, is that you're able to share this, share all the different components of credit and to help also our listeners build their credit and to just be more financially literate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I echo everything, you know, the three of you said is there are rules to this game, right? And and the rules actually aren't too hard. It's just, we're not being taught them. Mm-hmm. So the more we can talk mm-hmm. about credit, the more we can help each other out and, you know, recognizing that, you know, people come from different privileged scenarios, mm-hmm. right? Or not, or are in different life phases, mm-hmm. but whatever you can do, I love how you put it, Brittany, is, you know, you, you're actually making active and educated choices. Mm-hmm. And now you understand, you know, the trade-offs between, you know, at least, you know, what you should mm-hmm. do. 
um, which I think, you know, is, is so much more than many of us know and, and so much more than, than I knew. So, um, yeah, I love that call to action where it just, you know, educate yourself as much as possible. Um, make sure you have high quality education. There are a lot of myths out there, um, and make sure you're just, you know, sharing this information with your loved ones. So, you know, you can build credit optimally and, and be able to achieve your life goals. So Vrinda, what is next for you and for Sequin? Yeah. So right now, you know, we're in this private beta where we're really trying to co-create Sequin with our community and get, you know, as much feedback. So truly Sequin feels like a credit system that's designed by women and for women to open up the space for all of us. So we're continually building new features. We're adding more women. Um, so please join us at sequincard.com so we can hear from you and just make um, you know, make sequin really feel like, like something that you would use and something that, that is truly going to make a meaningful impact in your life. Definitely. And then if you could leave our listeners with just one credit advisor tip, what would that be? Start building your credit. It is never too early. <laughs> <laughs> Build your credit early and responsibly and in your own name. So if you're listening to this and you are an authorized user or you're using debit or your credit score is kind of stuck um, and, and you're not at that 800 point, then, um, you know, come check out Sequin, but also just apply for, you know, a card in your own name and, um, you know, make sure you're, you're using it like a debit card and using credit responsibly. So thank you all for listening and thank you so much, Brenda, for joining us. Where can people find you and uh, more information about Sequin? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me and for you know sharing this really important discussion with your listeners. Credit is key to you know adulthood. So love having that conversation with with the three of you and all of your listeners. Um, to learn more about Sequin, head over to sequincard.com. And you can follow us on Instagram on um, at sequin underscore card. So we'll see you there. Thank you all again so much. And don't hesitate to reach out with any questions. Yeah, thank you again, Brenda. Uh, you can follow us at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram or email us at hello.adulthoodpendingpodcast at gmail.com. Join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share our stories and are excited you're with us on our adulthood journey. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.